Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 13. You know, I find that whenever I'm about to do something really big, I have all of this self-doubt. And because I've noticed that pattern, I've started to look at the self-doubt like, no, that's actually a good thing. Because that means you're about to do something really big. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are so excited to introduce to you a guest that really has been an inspiration to us. She is Sarah Beth of Sarah Beth Yoga, and you can find her on YouTube. Um, It actually is the person that got Nina jump-started into her yoga journey. So if any of you have listened and have heard Nina talk about yoga, which we know happens (laughs) often. It's a very um, important part of my life, clearly. Um, Sarah Beth is what got started. So Sarah Beth is in the Denver area. She teaches there locally, and she also has this just wonderful, welcoming, supportive community on YouTube and has really built a a really powerful online group of people united around this practice and just self-care in general. She has a lot of really honest, open, helpful videos, and I highly recommend that you check her out. But she has struggled with um, different health issues of her own, you know, scoliosis, ulcerative colitis. Um, She documents her pregnancy journey, you know, and what that looked like for her on YouTube. So just a really inspiring person. And we are so excited to talk with her today. Can't wait. So without further ado, here's our interview with Sarah Beth Yoga. Hi. Hi, I'm Nina. I'm Liz. Hi, Nina and Liz. (laughs) Nice to meet you. We are really, really excited to have you on the show today. And big fans. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited too. Just a little bit of background for our listeners so they know, I have actually been practicing yoga with you for about three years, and you were my first YouTube yoga instructor I ever found. (laughs) And you seriously jump-started my love for yoga. And so when I asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast and you agreed, I was like the little fangirl inside of me was jumping up and down for joy. I witnessed the fangirl, the text fangirl. I, That's um, awesome. I texted Liz and I was like, oh my gosh, Sarah Beth she said she would come on the show. I'm so excited. And by virtue of being Nina's friend, I have also joined in the the YouTube yoga, yoga world. world. Yeah. So... I got my yeah, husband I to do that it with in me. Both your bios yeah. that you both are doing yoga right now. That's great. Yeah, we have a studio in town that we like to go to, and then I kind of supplement on my own with all of my YouTube channels. So it's a fun yoga world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and since you've been doing it for three years with me, you've probably seen me like in my early stages. I know. I found <laughs> there's one video that I still use. It's a nighttime for yoga video, and it's it's I think it's one of your first ones. It's very different. Um, And it's in your bedroom, I think, and you're on the floor on the mat. And I was like, oh my gosh, this one is so different than some of the recent ones that you posted. That's probably the only one that I've actually kept. I love it, by the way. All the other ones are private now. Yeah, well, because it's like, they're so old that they they don't represent like what I offer now, but people still love that one. The other love it or they hate it because it's so different. I like it just because it really calms me before bed. I don't know, it's the movement or... I don't know what exactly it is about it, but it's one of my favorite nighttime yoga videos. So keep it around. (laughs) (laughs) I will. (laughs) So would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of background on your health journey and what brought you to yoga in the beginning? Sure. So I started doing yoga when I was six. Well, 16 was when I went to my first class. And before that, I kind of had like I think I had these cards that had yoga poses on them when I was little. And so I knew what child's pose was and what down dog was. And, and I always knew that it was something that I could use as like stress management, but I didn't know myself well enough growing up to know that I actually needed Mm -hmm. (laughs) something for for stress management, that it would benefit me as much as as it actually does. And when I was 16, I, I had a car and I decided, you know, I'm going to start going to yoga class and, I was hooked. Like the first class was actually really humbling and wasn't like a super positive experience because I was surrounded by 
some really strong, muscular, like impressive bodies doing like impressive movements. And you were 16. Is that what you said? Yeah, I was 16 (laughs) and I was like really like kind of gangly and I didn't know my body. And um, I felt like intimidated and humbled and irritated. (laughs) And But for some reason I left and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Something inside of you was telling you you needed to come back to yoga. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I There was the benefit there and it was strong enough for me to say, I'm going to try that again. Um, because even though, you know, there were parts of that were that were like, whoa, that's a lot for me to take in the first time. Um, I learned every time that I went and I gained. And I think that's what I hung on to is the fact that like, especially as a beginner, there's so much to learn. And every time you go back, you're like, oh, wow. Didn't realize my body could do that. That's been my favorite part about yoga too. I was actually just talking to one of my friends about that. She came over and she just started doing yoga a couple months ago. For Liz, my friend Kelly. Mm, yeah. yeah, she just started a couple months ago and she was asking me about some poses and she was like, I am learning how capable my body is. And I was like, that is exactly the thing that I love about yoga is that it seems like every time I go, there's something more that my body can do. And it just, it really connects you and makes you realize that you're capable of so much more than you thought. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing is that never ends. That's what I love about yoga is like, even at this point, you know, it's been almost a dozen years since I've started and I'm still learning so much, whether it's in my body or it's in my mind Mm or um, even just as a teacher trying to portray different like ideas and principles to people. I think the other cool thing, like you were just saying with yoga, is that it's not always about the strength of your body. But I know for me personally, it's been like completely a game changer as far as my mental health has gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Lizzie, you're like, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Honestly, that was... I. So I came into it. um, That's why I started going with you, Nina, was like I was having some really like a lot of anxiety and I was like, I need something. And you had talked about kundalini. Yeah. And that's been amazing for me every time I go. Do you do kundalini at all or? Um, I went to one class and because I want to try everything I really do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm going to give kundalini another chance. I don't think it was right at the time when I tried it yeah. for me. Because I just remember like I left and I was like so sore because, you know, that's like very, very repetitive. Short. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> the first time I tried it, and um, this is the actually this year is the first year I've tried it. And I was a little bit taken aback by all of the chanting and the mantras. And I just wasn't used to that style of yoga. But then like kind of how you said earlier, something kind of brought me back to it. And I started going weekly. And um, I don't know, it's more, it's more of a meditative experience Mm -hmm. for me than anything else. I'm yeah. glad you warned me because when we when we first went, you're like, just so you know, there's like, there's a lot of chanting. And like, <laughs> right. So I had the benefit of like you telling me that beforehand. So I went into it very open-minded. She knew yeah. what was coming <laughs> with that style I of love yoga. It. Yeah. 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 If you don't know what to expect, it can definitely be kind of like a, a brick wall that you're walking into. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But I love chakra work. So mm-hmm. I know that there's something about Kundalini that I will really like at some point. Um, and there's definitely something about it that that draws me. But I, I think that everything has its time in your life and everything has its place. And that just probably just wasn't the right time for me. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I know um, just from following you, you know, you've, you document a lot about your struggles with scoliosis and ulcerative colitis. And I'm just curious how um, yoga has been really instrumental in you managing these conditions as well as any food modifications that you've made to do so. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I started when I was 16 um, and that was kind of when I got hooked into yoga. And I liked the fact that I was improving and learning about myself as I was going. But I think one of the bigger reasons why I stick to yoga is because it gives me this sense of control over my body. Yes. We were just talking about that. We're nodding our heads right now. (laughs) Like, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Right. So, so when, you know, when I found out that I had a it's, it's not like a severe scoliosis. It's a mild scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but if untreated or if strained, it can cause a lot of tension and back pain and, you know, just kind of affects me. And so yoga was something that I was like, oh, I can actually use yoga to manage that. That's really cool. And I can use yoga to manage my ulcerative colitis in the sense that there are physical postures that help with bloating and they help mm-hmm. with 
uh, like blockages and even just like cramping and pain from digestion. But even more so, the yoga helped with the UC by managing my stress levels and teaching me how to observe myself and love my body and even just love the moment for what it is, knowing that there's a lesson in everything. So when I'm deep, deep into a flare Mm -hmm. and kind of like getting shrouded by like the darkness that is uh, chronic sickness, Mm -hmm. I felt like yoga was something that taught me, even if I wasn't on the mat, I realized like, oh yeah, this will pass. And there's a lesson here. And that lesson might be that I need to slow down and listen to my body and take care of myself. I love that so much. That's really this whole process that we've been going through this year is realizing the body-mind connection is so intense and that, like you said, if you're feeling a rush of emotion or if you're in the depths of sickness, just taking a moment to listen to your body and realize this is going to pass and that you have the ability to kind of calm yourself and, I don't know, look on a different side of things, I guess. Yeah. You live in Denver, right? Mm -hmm. And do you teach locally in Denver as well? I did before I had my baby. So I had Roman eight months ago. And a couple months before that, I started my maternity leave. And then I just kind of never went back. <laughs> uh, Roman's really adorable, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. There, I think I'm trying to think of this one picture you posted where he, I don't know if it's an elf costume or like a little holiday outfit. He was, yeah. in so, it was so cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. that little babe. How old is he again? Six months. Is that what you said? Uh, he's about eight and a half months. Oh, eight now. and a half months. They grow fast. Um, What made you decide to get into the online community when you were teaching in Denver previously? I love that question because I love the answer of how that actually (laughs) happened. So I actually grew up in Minnesota and I started teaching in Minnesota. Um, This was six plus years ago. And about a year and a half into teaching locally in studios and gyms. One of my friends owned a banquet hall and she mentioned to me that I should start teaching in the banquet hall to the community. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I should. And this friend of mine, her family, they're like go-getters, like business owners. Like they really inspire me as a family. So I really respected her opinion. And she kind of helped me get started teaching this donation-based yoga class, like from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I put out flyers everywhere, like at the local like uh, grocery stores, and even on Craigslist, I was reaching out saying like, "Hey, come on over to my yoga class. It's donation based. Pay what you can, or don't pay at all. Just you know, nothing will stop you. I have yoga mm-hmm. mats. I have everything." And I was really thriving by teaching that way to people in the community, and I was making connections. And I really loved the fact that there were no limits to who could come and why they would come. And then a few months after that started, she had to shut down her banquet hall. And so Omroom was the name of the donation-based class Mm -hmm. I was teaching, um, had to end. And I didn't want it to. And so then I thought, well, what can I do? And um, I'd been very inspired by Tim Ferriss, the four-hour work week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I know you guys know. (laughs) Yeah, my husband Um, is obsessed with Tim Ferriss. Like we have... Uh, his book right now and he's all Tools of Titans. <laughs> yeah. He's just and we listen to his podcast all the time, more him than mm-hmm. me. But I mean he's like all about the Tim Ferris lifestyle. Yeah. Oh yeah, we are too, for <laughs> sure. So that that book inspired me to start a YouTube channel and use this passion and this connection that I already built locally to kind of feed into it. I had all this content because I'm a yoga teacher and I got my yoga teacher training recently. So I was like, I know all this stuff. And instead of teaching and trying to reach to people locally, like the internet's so vast, I can reach so many people and Mm -hmm. it's the same idea, no limits. You know, people Mm -hmm. can practice with me regardless of their income or their location. As long as they have internet, they can practice with me. So that's how I got started. That's so cool. I'm glad you did. I don't even know how I stumbled upon you. I think I probably just typed in... Yoga. Yeah. In YouTube. (laughs) Into the search bar, just yoga. I don't know. And then you just popped up and then I subscribed and then was hooked ever since. (laughs) So it's a really... It's such a cool platform to share basically anything. Like the online platform is just insane. Yeah. What's your experience been now that you've kind of like gotten into this social media world? Like how has that changed things for you? Mm. That's a big question. (laughs) 
a lot of things have changed. One is that I, I saw that there's growth. So I saw that, that not only is there opportunity and potential in making an income and a lifestyle through an online business, but then I saw that the growth was exponential. And so as long mm-hmm. as I put in, I was getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a long time. It took uh, quite a few years for me to actually get to a point of like success where I'm like, wow, this is my full-time job now yeah. and I love it. Like, So it, before I was kind of just saying that it was a hobby and a passion and I really didn't want to commit to it because I was scared of like, if I do commit and I fail, what does that mean? Yeah. But then I met some people who... Um, we're just as passionate about their brands online. And one of them is my friend, Robin Long. She uh, teaches an online Pilates community. Oh, I follow her too. The Balance Life. <laughs> yes, I follow uh, her too. Um, and I found her through you because you had tagged her in something. Um, or you were doing something <laughs> together. And yeah, I've, I. that's really cool. <laughs> it's like everything is just interconnected in this world, you know? Yeah, you know, what's weird is that, so she contacted me to invite me to be a guest host in one of her uh, challenges. And then we found out that we're neighbors. Oh my gosh. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) So we started going for walks together and we'd talk about, because like we didn't know anyone else that had a similar lifestyle. So now all of a sudden we're like gabbing about all this stuff. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, do you have weird people email you too? (laughs) And so that was like a kickoff point for me to get serious. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start a weekly schedule and I'm going to upload once a week. And then once I started doing that, I started refining how I wanted to put myself out there. But also when you put yourself out Mm -hmm. there, you learn that you got to be really careful about the the space you hold, I guess would be a a way to say it. Um, I don't allow for people to be cruel, which is so easy on the internet. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, we've even been thinking about that with the podcast stuff because I'm like, what happens when we get a troll, Nina? Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I was so excited about this idea and I came to Liz and I was like, Liz, like we need to start a podcast. You know, we have all these things that we talk about all the time, whether it's health, fitness, like, you know, anything in that sort of field, we're always gabbing about, we should start a podcast. And when you were talking a little bit earlier about how you were just kind of nervous, you didn't know if you wanted to take it from that hobby. I feel like that's at this point where I'm in right now, where it's like, I love this and it's so much fun. I feel like there's something more I want to do with it. But then there's all of these fears that start kind of creeping up with it. You know, I find that whenever I'm about to do something really big, I have all of the self-doubt. And because I've noticed that pattern, I've started to look at the self-doubt like, no, that's actually a good thing. Because that means you're about to do something really big. And you push through it. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of how we've been feeling now. You know what? The What you put in, you're going to get out. So true. Yeah. So I learned actually from Tim Ferriss. Um I think it was part of his like comment disclaimer for a while, something about how he treats his comment section like his living room. Mm. Um, You know, and if you're not going to be nice, you can get out. (laughs) Yeah. And that was my thing from the beginning. Like, I'm not going to allow people to come and troll. Like, you have the ability to delete those comments. Mm -hmm. That's so good to know. And you, yeah, like you said, you are completely in control. This is your business. This is your presence. You can choose to listen or not listen, delete or not delete. You have mm-hmm. complete control over all of that. Well, in any other business, you know, if someone, if you own a restaurant and someone comes in and starts screaming profanities and takes their shirt off, you can, <laughs> you can boot them. So <laughs> it's the same. Right. It's just, I mean, it's different because it's online, but it's the, it's still your business. It's still your public place. I've even had yeah. to learn that with teaching because Lord knows parents can come and say to you, I'm a choir <laughs> teacher, by the way, that's my actual that. full-time job. But yeah. um, I learned the tough way. I used to take everything to heart or I used to just like let all of the negativity just seep in. And to be honest, yoga is kind of what taught me that I don't have to do that anymore. There's this space inside of me where I can just choose to let it go if I want to and not bring the negativity into my life. Right, right. And that's that I think has been one of the hardest lessons for me over the last few years is like developing a thick skin. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you have to, if you're going to put yourself out there, even though you have control over the community and the space that you hold, you still are, you know, you're still going to receive feedback that may not be what you necessarily want to hear. Right. And 
there's two parts to that. You have to first look at it and say, is there any truth to that? And if there is, like, how can I make my product better mm-hmm. for my audience? And then also you have to ask yourself, you know, is this actually like something that I want to hear? Like, do, do the, does this person have any um, credibility for me to like, listen, like... Take what they're... In, yeah. Right. Because like my videos are not going to please 100% of the viewers. And so there's going to be like a small percentage that are going to like watch it. And then like, they're going to complain in the comments about how this video didn't work for them. And it's wrong this way. And it's wrong that way. And the next comment is from someone else saying, oh my gosh, that video was amazing. It was exactly what I needed today. Thank you so much. And I'm like, I didn't do anything different. Right. Yeah. That's so true. That's such a good reminder because our brain wants to just take in all of the negative sides. And it's like, we could get one negative comment and a million positive comments and we only focus on the negative one. And yeah. so how long did it take you to practice that? Like, or to, I don't know, just be, that become the norm for you, I guess. I think it's still a practice because even this year, I've had a lot of growth in the last year, which is funny because I was actually not really, I was on my maternity leave in mm-hmm. the last year and like, But in the last year, I really had to focus on the fact that like, I had that happen where um, I put out the video saying I had a baby. And it was basically like telling everybody that I'm going on my maternity leave, but don't worry because I have videos stacked up Mm -hmm. so that like nothing's going to change for you. Just I'm not going to be around because I'm going to be taking care of my baby. And I had like 599 comments that were like, so happy for you. Congratulations. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And then I had one comment that said, I don't care. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, why does that bother me so much? Because like, it's just unjust. Like that no. someone took the time to, t- <laughs> that's what would irritate me. Yes. That someone took the time to say something like that. Well, <laughs> and it's like, people are, can be really entitled sometimes. Yeah. Especially on the internet. They think that it's all for them. And that if I'm creating something like this video that came out on Friday and it took the place of a normal Friday video, but it's not a yoga video. Yeah. I'm like, so finally at one point, I think it was like a Seth Godin uh, podcast or a lecture where he said, you have to at some point just like look at them and say, okay, then it's not for you. That's a great yeah. way to think about it. And they can own their feelings and you can own your feelings and everyone coexists. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's really smart to just be able to separate yourself from those trolls. That's yeah. what we'll call them. <laughs> the trolls. <laughs> the trolls. Right. Right. And you know, and I've had some really nasty people. Um, and the other thing to think about too, is the fact that when you respond, if you respond, sometimes it's more important not to respond, mm-hmm. but if you do respond, you're doing so publicly. So you're doing so on behalf of your brand right? and as if your entire class was watching you do it. Yep. I think about that a lot with teaching too. It's like yeah. if some student makes me really, really angry, which happens all the time. You know, it's like there's one way I want to respond inside, but then all of these little eyes are watching me and you're setting an example and you have to always pull out your professional side, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Half the time when people act out, actually like all the time, when people act out and they see mean things, it doesn't reflect on you at right. all. Yep. It's really reflecting on what's happening within them. Yeah. And so then you, when you think of that, you think of compassion and it really doesn't hurt as much. That's yeah. so true. I love that. It's been, it's been a practice. <laughs> <laughs> so I know one of your beliefs is kind of about like even doing just a little bit of yoga on a daily basis and having a really consistent yoga practice is better than, you know, maybe like once a week for like one class. So what, what brought you to that particular belief and what kind of results have you seen from those who share in that belief with you? So that belief stemmed from Baron Baptiste. Um, I was reading one of his books, Journey into Power, when I was in my teacher training back like six and a half years ago or something like that. And I remember when I read it and it really struck a chord with me because I was like, wow, like I didn't think about it like that. You know, I really enjoy going to class, but only in yoga teacher training was I actually going to class every day because you have to. Mm Um, and I loved it. Like I gained so much so fast, but I also was burning out and I was also getting injured and, um, it was setting this crazy expectation, um, for myself where I was like, oh my gosh, a class every day is like a big sacrifice and and time and finances. And, 
So when I read that, I was like, well, that that would make sense. You know, just roll your mat out and do even five minutes or 10 minutes. And the reason why I like five minutes is because it's just momentum. Mm-hmm. Five minutes is is like an easy, everyone has five minutes. You can tell yourself, okay, I have to leave in 20 minutes. Let me do five minutes real quick on my mat. And then you might be there already and think that that felt really good. Let's do five more minutes. Right. right. That tends to happen to me. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I feel like doing yoga right now. And then I'm like, well, I'll just start this video and do a little bit. And before I know it, I'm like, oh man, this feels great. I wonder if I want to try another video. Yeah. And so even and, and even if it was only five minutes each day, it's putting a little bit of the physical yoga practice into your life every day. And what we practice on our mat directly reflects off our mat. And so, you know, after you're done with your practice, even if it is just five minutes, you tend to feel better and those benefits tend to linger into your day. I found that if I don't meditate even for five minutes in the morning, my day does not go as well as I had hoped. I feel like even just setting up a a mental practice before you start the day has just been a complete game changer for me. It's like I view everything that happens to me throughout the day in a better light than I would have if I didn't meditate. And that is exactly what I have experienced myself and what I... Uh, hear from the people who practice with me every mm-hmm. day or the people who check in on, on Instagram and check in on Facebook and they tell me like, yeah, you know, I did this this morning and I feel great. And um, they're ready to eat up these challenges, you know, and the week-long challenges and the 30-day challenges because they have seen it for themselves too, the benefit of daily practice, no matter how long it is. Can you talk a little bit about your 30-day challenge that's going on right now? Yeah, it's called the month of yoga. And um, it's something that people have been asking for a 30-day challenge for a long time, but I was really hesitant because it's a lot of work. It's very, it can be very demanding um, on the person who's hosting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I waited till I had a baby and I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> You're brave. Um, <laughs> well, but I, the last two years for the new year, I did the seven-day yoga challenge. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... I love, I really feed off of the people who participate and check in and write to me and tell me their experience and their growth and they send pictures. And and that to me is so rewarding that when I thought about this 30-day yoga challenge, I was thinking about those people mm-hmm. and what can I offer that might be a little bit different from, I mean, if you look up 30-day yoga challenge, there's like a lot of big YouTubers have their own version and mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to make mine just a little bit different and I repurposed old videos so that I wanted to emphasize that like, even though this video is, is an older video, like it was, you know, brought out in fall of 2015, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's like a bad practice. It's just not new. And even if you've done it before, try it again because you might've grown in that time. Yeah, Yeah. I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed, I frequently tend to go back and do some of my favorites from your channel, but I've liked that the 30 day challenge brings back some that I might not have realized were there for a little while. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, and the other thing too, is that the intent for the 30 day yoga challenge is to get people to do something they might not have done otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, someone might look at that yoga for bloating video and think, ah, no, it's not really for me. Um, but then because it's part of the challenge, it's day one of the challenge. And it's so, it feels so good. And people are like, actually like the, <laughs> the uh, majority of the people that do it, that comment are like, oh my gosh, I passed so much gas and I feel so good. <laughs> I didn't know I needed all of that to just come like, out. I don't know if I need that information, but thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that was the purpose just to get those digestive tracts moving. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like start on a clean slate all around. (laughs) (laughs) This is totally not related to any of the questions I thought I was going to ask you, but where do you feel like digestion and mental health and yoga kind of come into play together? Like what's the importance between both of those things? Oh, well, (laughs) you know, you've heard like that they say you have like a second brain in your gut. Yeah, that's, and I've been getting really into gut health lately. Liz thinks I'm insane. No, I don't. I just, I'm not there yet. She's like, why do you keep talking about gut health? I'm like, I don't know. I've just researched and found that I feel like all of my mental problems can stem from my gut. And she's like, okay, whatever. But I, I just, I don't know. I'm interested in hearing your take. 
Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Um, and I think part of that is because of my history with ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. that I've had to pay extra attention to my gut. But I've learned that by uh, maintaining gut health through probiotics and making sure not to eat like too many processed foods or like limiting my alcohol or caffeine intake and just different things nutritionally to make sure that my gut health is is good. And then using yoga to to help stimulate digestion. I'm not only am I feeling better physically, but I do. I feel clearer. Mm-hmm. And I and I do believe that that you know part of your your you have like a brain in your gut, like right. your second brain. Yeah. Like, um, and and I think that this <laughs> we're really branching off here with this. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready for it. Yeah. Well, but I think that um, you know your consciousness lies in more than just like your skull. I love that. Yeah. So I think, and that's, and that really is, you know, to get deeper into yoga too, we use the yoga practice to get our energy flowing and to get our body and our, our mind to communicate and create that connection, mind and body. And so if your practice doesn't involve your health, then your practice is, is missing something. Mm -hmm. It's a little incomplete. And so definitely gut health has been something that for me, uh, has been so beneficial that I feel like I have to talk about it. Right. And I have to, you know, emphasize and try to, you know, uh, motivate people to check out probiotics and like, yeah, I I take I use kefir every morning and probiotics every day and I've started drinking kombucha. I've been kombucha. drinking kombucha and then I also take two pro- probiotic um, supplements at night before bed. And I think they've been making a difference. I don't know. I'm st- and I've been really working on just diet in general. The two of us have, mm-hmm. um, and cleaning yeah. up things out of my diet that are not going to upset my digestive tract. And, um, then again, like you said, then you add in all of the yoga and you add in your mindfulness practices and you realize that there's like this whole new you that's just been waiting to come out. That sounds the gut. so corny. Come out of the gut. Come out of the gut. It's there. It's waiting. Yeah. Well, and have you like found that your skin is more clear as well? I Yes. And I have not great skin. My chin is a mess most of the time. So that mm. is still a work in progress. Um, Omega-3 has really been helping with that. But that's kind of my yeah. goal. It's funny that you said that. And Liz can attest to this because I complain about my chin all the time. I love your chin. <laughs> but <laughs> my my next goal is to figure out like there's still some sort of imbalance going on because I don't know. This acne is not supposed to be there. So what's happening, you know? You know, I um, I have like dealt with acne since, since puberty as well. Mm. Um, I'm wearing like makeup because I'm going to go film. But <laughs> in the last two years, I stopped using soap. On my face. Interesting. If that's like a weird thing to say, I got into oils and I started like not essential oils, but Mm -hmm. like uh, like cleansing oils. So I started using oils to cleanse my face. That was like the year before I got uh, pregnant and had Roman. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's something to this because every time that I would like use soap because I didn't have my oils or something, I'd break out. I need to try this. Actually, I uh, because I watch your videos. There's two where you talk about your morning routine. Well, there's one where you do like your day routine. And then there was another one you posted with this new face stuff you've been using that you got sent. I should try one of those and check those out. Yeah. Um, so I switched from the oils to the new, um, like it's a vegan brand yeah, called Osea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started using that product and it's like a mud, like a face mud that you use to wash your face. It's not soap. There's like a blemish balm, like all the stuff that I use now. And I, I don't even have to use my topical prescription anymore. Okay. I need so. to do this. So yeah. Chin <laughs> but, acne know, needs to be it's gone. Gonna gone. It's going to be yeah. gone. Clean on the inside, clean on the out. Yeah. What, what a better way to live. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of gut, sort of, not really, but getting there. Um, <laughs> I like the conversation. <laughs> I know you have a video specifically for PMS, hmm. which is actually something I hadn't come across before. So I was really intrigued by that. Um, but how does if you don't mind me being super personal, um, how does yoga make this week more bearable for someone that might be suffering a lot from a lot of menstrual issues? I love being personal because I think that there's people who really want to hear it and learn from it. And the people that don't, well, it's not for them. You can tune out, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I created that series, the Yoga for Menstruation series with like a yoga for cramps, yoga for PMS, Mm -hmm. and a yoga for menstruation video. 
because I, I really wanted there to be something during that week because I think that a lot of women hear this myth that they can't practice yoga when they're menstruating and they already are kind of, you know, feeling a little defeated because they're like got so many cramps and then they mm-hmm. feel kind of insecure. And, um, and I feel like that's like the week you need it most. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, I, I researched and I, I learned quite a bit about, um, what would help during that time. And then I experimented with myself. This is how I do a lot of my sequencing for videos anyway, is like some self-experimentation, mm-hmm. um, refining. And then I put the series together and one month, my PMS was so bad and it used to affect me in uh, the form of insecurity where I would feel really vulnerable and really insecure about whatever was happening in my life at the time. Yes, that's the story of my life. My mood is yeah. very much, like I get cramps, killer, killer cramps, um, which by the way, yeah. have gotten better with all of these dietary changes I've made, but I'm like affected I, a lot mentally too. Like things that don't bother me seem to bother me or um, I won't feel anxious about whatever. But then during this week, I tend to feel anxious about things that don't really seem to matter. Mm-hmm, and, you know, right? and yeah, no, I completely feel you there. So that month it was so bad and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was like curled over a bolster and I called my mom and I oh. told her what's happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always the best and, choice. <laughs> and the, the things that she said to me were so powerful that I had to write it down and I put it in the Yoga for PMS video. I think I cried during this video. Um, <laughs> I was doing it in the living room and my husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. Because you even say, I think you say, you are not your thoughts or this is just the PMS talking. And mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, this it's is not, not me. This is not me. <laughs> Don't listen. Right. And that's actually like, that's all what my mom said to me. And I was like, hold on a second. Can I write this down? <laughs> I love that. Now, you, yeah. you mentioned like ha- knowing of some of those poses, yoga poses when you were a kid. Did your, do you come from like a yoga family? Like, is that something your family does? No. Or does your mom just have good yoga wisdom? <laughs> like all moms? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, my mom has always been um, into like personal growth. And it wasn't something that I really appreciated until later on in life when I'm like telling her things that I've learned. And she's like, yeah, don't you remember? <laughs> I like, told you that. <laughs> right, yeah. She's like, don't you remember we had like the um, audio book of like, what is it? The seven habits of highly effective oh, yeah. people. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I do remember that. Like, like I actually did grow up in that household, um, but I didn't like recognize it because I thought that was just like so normal. Mm-hmm. Really what I grew up in was a family of be open to your passion, you know, whatever you're interested in, go for it. Even if, like, no matter how weird it might be. And that again was so normal that I didn't realize that like, it might be weird to like have like pyramids everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think that kind of helped you to get into this field that you're in now is just that background growing up with your family? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that a lot of my background in history plays a role in what I'm doing now. Because when I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe 20 was when I read the four-hour work week. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's actually an option to not have to live behind cubicle walls. Mm-hmm. And I I always wanted to be present with my children. I always wanted to be home with them. Uh, not in a way where I like judge other women for their choices, but I just knew that I felt so strongly about myself and the family that I wanted to have. Right. But then it was starting to look like it wasn't possible, just the way that you know our society is now. That we kind of right. you need like two incomes. Just growing up, my parents were divorced, and like even just everything in my life kind of adds in. I modeled for seven years, and that helps me in front of the camera, talking to a camera. Awesome. Yeah, so I feel like everything about my life has played a role in making this new lifestyle of mine a success. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, this is kind of a selfish question, but I'm just curious, like in this world of creating your own business and like you said, not needing to work a full-time job anymore and really just doing what you want and being passionate about it and not being afraid. What kind of advice do you have for someone like maybe me or Liz who might be interested in like furthering the podcast or furthering like a life that's outside of the normal nine to five? 
the first thing is that you have to be okay with living below your means Mm -hmm. for a little while to make it work because you definitely don't want to chase money. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> you want to you want to chase your passion. You want right. to chase what what you know builds your fire, and if that's you know the content within the content that you provide, and you're putting out content that is basically scratching your own itch, you're going to find people just like you who want that content, versus you know putting out content that's like oh my gosh this is like a high keyword and everyone wants this and but I'm not like super into it or I don't mm. really know that much about it. When you're doing things that you're passionate about and from your heart, you, like you said, you will find other people in the community that are just as interested. I love that. That's kind of what I found in getting into podcasts and getting into like yoga and this world is that there's so many people that want to explore the same topics and that are feeling the same things that you are feeling. And are so open to yes. sharing and it's it's really cool. It's been very eye-opening. Oh, it's been so helpful. <laughs> Right. But that's like, that's also something that I think um, is an obstacle for people is they think, well, there's already so many podcasts out there and there's already so many yoga Mm -hmm. YouTubers. And why would I like, how could I stand out? And it's like, well, you'll stand out by being yourself, which Mm -hmm. is like Shay, but it's true. You know, your podcast, like I said, if it scratches your own itch, if you're creating products that you want that you're not seeing out there, like that's, that's the gold right there. Um, and advice. that's essentially what I created for myself when I created the Sarah Beth Yoga was I, I saw a hole um, and I knew that I wanted a very specific kind of yoga video, which is like a video with voiceover and it's very clear and it's very direct and um, and I like it, music and all that. And, mm-hmm. and then that's how it happened. And I like literally had no idea what I was doing other than that. <laughs> but I'm so glad you continued it because it's been amazing. <laughs> Right. And so for you guys, like you, you got to keep going and you got to keep pushing and you got to keep growing and don't get complacent and continue, like continue reading about the the subject of like online business, about growth marketing, about even like, I just read a book called Scrum and it changed the way that I do projects now in for the better. Like I'm getting work done so much faster because hmm. of Scrum. I'll have to check this out. We've been getting uh, totally into reading lately. Yeah, I like. I have this problem where I read like half a book and then I hear about another book and I read the... Like I have book ADD and I need to finish a book because I have like eight right now. They're half to three fourths (laughs) of the way read. Yeah. What about audiobooks? Yeah, that's that's bad for me. I'm, they're they're the same because I have Audible. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I listen. I do a lot of um, when I commute. I do a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. It's kind of when I get that time in. So, or when you walk Kobe, your pup. It's true, but he's very frustrating to walk. So my attention is not always <laughs> on the book. <laughs> but final question for you here, and you, I'm not sure if we're getting too personal again, but. I was super touched by your pregnancy video that you posted on YouTube. And I didn't know if you would mind sharing a little bit about like your birth story. And I know, did you have a doula and did you choose to have a natural birth? Is Am I getting that information correct? Yeah, yeah. to both, yes. I just find that so interesting. And I didn't know if you would be willing to share a little bit about that process. Absolutely. Um, so... I intended to get pregnant a while before I got pregnant. I always knew that I wanted like a big family. And a couple months after I got married, like this switch like flipped in my head. And I was like, oh, that's what they mean by like the clock is ticking now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was just, I spent a few months kind of setting up our lifestyle to prepare for a pregnancy as much as you possibly can. And, and then we started trying, it took a few months. Um, and then when I did get pregnant, I, I felt like I already knew what I wanted, but I just had to find if that was even available. Like, Mm -hmm. because of my history with ulcerative colitis, I was very hesitant about being in a hospital setting because I didn't want to feel like it was an illness or Mm -hmm. a sickness, something wrong. I wanted it to feel natural and supported. And there's, I mean, it's so different nowadays than what I was expecting. Like, there are hospitals that are, they're called baby friendly. And, and they are so appropriate in that sense where they really, 
nurture the mother and they nurture the mother and the baby's connection immediately after birth even. So don't let me like scare you away from hospitals. No, I, well, I've always kind of, I'm not planning on getting pregnant at any time in the near future, (laughs) but uh, that's always been kind of my idea. And so that's why I was really connected to your story because I don't know, that's just kind of what I've always experienced or not experienced, but have thought of how to say this. for yourself. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Thanks. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of options and a birth center is one of the options. Sometimes there's birth centers that are part of hospitals. This one was its own. It's a birth center and they have like four rooms and each room looks like a little, almost like a studio apartment. Like it's a, there's a bed and there's a big giant tub and there's like a walk-in shower. And, and I fell in love with the place and the people there and just their attitude about birth in general. So I was like, okay, I feel like this is my place. I feel like I'm supported here and I want to learn from these people. And then I I wanted to get as much support as I possibly could. So when I asked around for a doula, I got some really good recommendations and I found my doula and we interviewed her and my husband was not on board with a doula, Mm. by the way. Like he wasn't on board with a lot of the stuff until... Like even the birth center, he went to the orientation and when we walked out, he was like, okay, all right, I like that. Oh. Yeah. So it took him like a minute to kind of experience all of the things with you before he got on board. Yeah, which I don't blame him because I was the one doing all this research. So I already had it like kind of built in and he only knew like what everyone knows on the surface is like, oh, birth and like, Mm -hmm. you you know. So he thought like, we're going to do birth in a hospital and it's going to be... But after he he went to the doula meeting, he went to the orientation, like all of that. And then he was on board. Even the birth photographer, he was not a fan of. <laughs> you are so brave <laughs> for having a birth photographer and for like letting people like me share in your story. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is the birth photographer, I actually found her on Instagram, oh, which is interesting. funny. And she's like one of the best birth photographers in the Denver area. And I was surprised that she, oh my gosh, she's in Colorado. I have to hire her. Again, oh my God, that's, that's another sign. one of those coincidental <laughs> happenings. I love it. Right. But you know, and I, I would say that I'm lucky in the sense that things turned out the way that I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. I was totally ready for that not to be the case. And honestly though, I mean, I did hypnobirthing classes and that is like, I think that's where the yoga tied in was I was like, yeah, hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can use like my, my, like kind of alter my mental state and I can use my breath to help control my body. And, but I don't think there's no way that you can truly prepare for birth until you've had birth. (laughs) I can completely get that. The control freak in me is terrified of that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what though? Like it was the most intense experience of my life. And there was a moment where I I thought to myself, I need to take all the strength I've ever, ever had in my life and some of the hardest moments in my life and like all of that and put it together right now and have this baby. Mm. And I did. And it was beautiful. And it was like wonderful. And all the intensity stopped the moment that he was birthed. And I was like, the that, woman's was so body intense. is so yeah. amazing. I can't even handle it. I mean, bodies in general, like all of this stuff we've been talking about, it's like, we're so capable and they just are made to work in our favor. You know, if we just think about it in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I really do think that yoga played a big role. Not, not so much physically because I experienced a lot of SPD, which was like, basically my pelvis felt really gummy, which was actually really painful. Mm. So the third trimester, I could barely do any yoga. I could only really do aqua fitness. And, but there was still yoga in my mentality right. and yoga lived my life and the way that I approached uh, obstacles and even you know the adversity of things not happening exactly as planned during birth or in the postpartum period. Just amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just so interested in this entire topic of like yoga and mental state and how I I just really love how you said it prepared you. Like you did all of this work beforehand and then how you just used all of this through the birthing process. And then even afterwards, it just proves how much this stuff is valuable to our lives. It's just a self-care act. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I use it when I get stressed at work. I mean, you can, whatever your situation is, you can take that practice and make it work for you and grow from it. So... 
Yeah. Obviously, birthing is different than my stress at work. Right. <laughs> we are not going to put those two in the same box. But. <laughs> well, and I want to be clear that I'm. If this isn't like a yoga worship. Like, it's not that I'm like, oh, but yoga is the answer and everyone yoga. It's, right. It's, I really view it as an act of self-care and mm-hmm. self-improvement um, and personal growth. And yoga just happens to be a, a guided way to do that. In, you know, some people find that through running, like there's people that run every day and they run marathons and they learn about themselves and they better themselves. And it like, you know, follows into their diet and nutrition. And there's other people that find discipline in other ways, but yoga just so happens to be something that spoke to me so Mm -hmm. much. And I know for a lot of like your listeners and even you guys as well. Absolutely. Our theme with everything we ever talk about on the podcast is you do you. Yeah. And (laughs) we'll do us. And whatever we're sharing is tips and tools that have worked for us or for the people we're interviewing. But there are so many things out there that all of our personalities are different and all of our bodies need something different. And you just need to find what works for you to make you the best version of yourself possible. I love that. Sir Jam. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for agreeing to come on and be interviewed. I don't think you know how happy it made me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is such a blast. Thank you guys for having me. And if you, you know, want to have me back sometime in the future, let me know because this, it was super fun. Absolutely. I'm, Actually, <laughs> I told Nina, like what, last week that we're planning a trip to Denver because I say so. So maybe we'll have to take you to coffee or something when we get yeah. up this summer. That would be really fun. We are, we're planning our trip. We don't know what week we're going yet, but sometime in probably June or July, yeah, I'm we guessing. Was, we were friend there and I was like, dang it, Nina, we're just going. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We have a, quite Love a few you know. friends there. We will. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to maybe having some coffee sometime this summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing this podcast awesome. again. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey all, well, we hope you really enjoyed our interview with Sarah Beth. I know that for me personally, it was super therapeutic and I learned so much. I feel like every time we have people on to interview, it's just completely inspiring. And I leave the call feeling a little bit more assured of myself. It's just awesome. So we hope that you found some value in listening to Sarah Beth. You might have noticed that we did not do a wine review in this episode. It seemed a little early at 1.30 on a Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, we were more drinking teas and coffees is the deal for that. So no wine review, but we feel like... All shine. Yeah, we feel like you'll be okay with that. As always, guys, please check us out on Instagram. You can check our Facebook at Wine and Shine Podcast. If you're enjoying the episodes, go head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We would totally appreciate it. And of course, if you guys have any questions, send us over an email at wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, people you would love to hear interviewed, we would love to know and take your input. We also have our blog which has some new stuff on there. So please go check that out at wineandshinepodcasts.com. We, of course, have our feature of Alicia P. Hicks as well as some new content. So go ahead and check it out. And we would love, you know, as Nina said, send us feedback, send us topic ideas, send us guest ideas. We love hearing from you. We love meeting the people that are important in your lives and maybe having them on our show. So holla. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next week, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.